Welcome to the Self-Esteem and Confidence Mindset with me, Johnny Pardo. Welcome back to the Self-Esteem Confidence Mindset podcast and YouTube video with me, Johnny Pardo. Today, I have a very special guest uh, joining me for this episode. So welcome, Trish. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you. I'm, I love your podcast and what you coach on, and I can't wait to just have a good deep convo about it. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you very much. And um, also admire your podcast and Trish's Trish is in a very similar field to me in the, in the whole confidence area. So it's always great that we can get together and discuss different perspectives and experiences. So thank you once again, Trish. So I'll give a brief introduction to Trish and then she can say a little bit more, I'm sure. So Trish is also a confidence coach, as I mentioned, for ambitious women typically, but you do work with some guys as well, just to help them get some more freedom and pass those levels of self-doubt and that critical voice and perfectionism that pops up. Trish is a very well-established coach, a worldwide coach, and she has her own podcast, which is the Confidence Podcast, as well as being a blogger and an author. And I understand you've got a new book coming out as well. So um, that's a little bit about um, my intro on you, Trish, but um, tell us a little bit about your story and how you got into this area of confidence. Yeah. Absolutely, Johnny. So what I do in my work with confidence is I help driven people overcome self-doubt so that they can not just in their head believe in themselves, but deep in their heart believe in themselves. Like know that when I decide I'm going to do something, mm. it's a done, done thing, right? And so um, as you said, I, I work with a lot of high achievers because I am an Enneagram 3 type A personality, <laughs> super achiever, like athletically, like I just driven, right? And the problem with that, the reason I got into this field is going through college um, or university. And then um, even afterwards, I had so, I had coach after coach after coach after coach tell me, you can go as far as you want. You can turn pro, you can do this. And, and, I, and I, you just got to stop overthinking. You just need to believe in yourself. And like, okay, well, well, how do I stop thinking about thinking? Like, how do I, like, tell me how, because I kept, I had a lot of, I, I, I ended up trying too hard. I was overcompensating, overworking, over hustling in my physical training, but also in my approach to everything I did. I just went, well, okay, I know I can do anything I want, but I don't really believe that. So what I'm going to do is compensate by just doing a lot. And it wasn't smart. It was scattered and I was exhausted and constantly striving. And when you're constantly striving, you're always in comparison. You're always in, in that negative sense of competition and you're in a place of lack and scarcity. And so I was like, okay, there's gotta be a better way. And interestingly enough, it took me going to Europe. I went to Europe and lived in France for a little bit and then came back and was like, okay, I just saw that a need for a mental shift in my own life. And as I discovered the, the work of confidence coaching and re, rewiring neural pathways and training myself to really daily have mental hygiene and choose my thoughts, that my thoughts create my results in life. It wasn't yet, I always thought, well, my actions created my results. And I'm, Johnny, I'm really good at doing a lot of things, right? Like I was like, you tell me to do something, I'm gonna do it times 10 and I'll just overdo, I'll outwork anybody. I'll stay on the treadmill longer. I'll do an extra office hour. Like I am that, you tell me to do, I'll do and then up the ante. But I realized me thinking that me, what I did is what created my results. 
I got great results, but I didn't get what I knew I was capable of. And the difference is when I learned that it's how I think that gets my results. If I can think with confidence, then I act. And when I do the doing, it's way more efficient, way more in the flow, way more confident, way more effective. And I get results faster. And I was like, okay, this is nuts because it's almost too easy. But anyway, so that is how I ended up realizing that confidence, I kept waiting to feel confident versus thinking myself to a place of confidence, right? We often say, at least colloquially, well, yeah, I feel really confident. But in confidence is a feeling, but what I do in my coaching, and I'm sure you do, and you teach people this as well, is that it's a choice. It's a thought pattern. It's a thing that you train. It's a decision you make and in a thought. And when you, we feel confident because we believe we're capable and a belief is simply a thought you've repeated over and over. And so, okay, so to evidence my, my point of, if you want to think and feel confident, it simply starts with thinking the same thought over and over and over and over and over and over, saying disciplined and committed to how you're thinking and how you're looking at your brain. And then it will become a belief. And once you believe it, you're like, oh, of course I can do it. And then you don't have to prove anything. It just happens. So that's what kind of got me into, into it. My own broken athletic dreams and frustrations and overachieving and compensation. I lived in a constant state of anxiety. Mm. constantly what was hard too is when you're at that and I've got I've got an outgoing personality so like when you're like sort of outgoing naturally optimistic and happy and you're successful people are like you've got no problems meanwhile I was like if you could see inside my mind mm. I'm tossing and turning at night I'm constantly second guessing myself I feel like I'm an imposter I'm dealing with doubt all the time and so then I also felt so isolated because it was like who, do, who can I tell about this it's hard because you're like, it's technically I have my life together, but why am I so dissatisfied and tired? And so that's why I love the work I do. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you were saying about you were, you were going for result, 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 chasing after results. So did you feel like confidence was something you were at one stage forever chasing? Absolutely. Because mm. it's like, and you put it athletically, um, I was a swimmer and a runner. So like, yeah, man, just go a little faster. Hit that next record. Yeah get that next ranking. And it it's never the finish ends. line. It never ends. And as a female, my gosh, okay, cool. So you're on trend and the next week, the trend change changes and now you're behind or your body is okay. Ooh, now we need to lose weight. You lose five pounds. You're like, Ooh, I need, I need to lose one more pound. Like I, I it, it never, it's it, you teach yourself. If you put confidence is in the result line versus your in the, the process of it, the result is always changing and you become this, you find yourself in a hamster wheel of success that never feels satisfying. Mm. You have the confidence for a minute. It lasts like two minutes. You feel good about your goal for like two minutes yeah, and then it's gone, right? And on the There's reverse side, you make a mistake and then it lasts. We get on top of us really badly. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like what you're saying. And if we don't train ourselves, with the confidence regularly training that we can have it now and feel good about ourselves that's when it can become even more challenging in my experience and maybe the same yeah. in yours i see very much like you were just talking about athletes like being an athlete being a runner a swimmer i'm a keen runner 
Uh, don't mm. remember last time I swam, but I'd love to go to it. <laughs> there's, a, there's a nice harbour outside, but probably not so much for that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, like, but you're training yourself to be physically fit every day. Well, I, I personally see, and you, you may find similar, that you've got to train your, your belief in yourself every single day. Yes. You've got to keep training it. It's conditioning. It's it's not something you can just do once. Like you can't just run once and be fit. Right, and You've like got to do it every single day. Exactly. What I think for a while, Johnny, I started into personal development. Maybe as many of your listeners, and you get really excited and you learn it, and you hear the second time you hear it, you're like, yeah, I know this. And you can ask yourself, but am I living it out consistently? And then I actually would then take that opportunity to very nicely beat myself up and be like, oh. You should know this by now. You should be doing is that pressure and that self-critical voice doesn't help. Cause just like you said, we're not upset. If we want to become a faster runner, we're not like all drop dramatic about, no, you need to run every day. I also, one of my favorite analogies is um, if I look at training my brain, training my thoughts, choosing my thoughts, doing the mental work daily and teaching myself to be, become a better person by thinking like a better person versus then like my right. The, the let me just do more and achieve more and then feel better. Um, I, I, I equate it to brushing my teeth. So I look at that as brushing my brain and I'm not, and that's a daily thing. If I skip a day, I notice in the same way that if I skip a day and I don't brush my teeth, my husband's going to tell me, girl, brush your teeth. Right. But we're not upset. I'm not upset. I can't believe I'm not like, I don't go existential like, and like, so disappointed in myself that I have to brush my teeth in the morning when I wake up, that's called hygiene. And so my body needs physical hygiene just for maintenance. And I believe the brain is the same. I just, we just haven't had enough conversation about that. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. The this brain yeah. hygiene. I love how it you is. that one. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I mean, my own personal view on that is there's, you know, there's going to be ups and downs in life and there's not all life's not all bad. It's not all good. You know, you're going to have challenges, but you're not conditioning yourself for that when the tough times do come up it's going to be a lot harder to face if you're not doing that regular brain hygiene as you've just described it so yeah, yeah love that that's a new term i think i'm gonna yeah think i'm glad you myself. Did it. i yeah. like that yeah something else you 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 said the um earlier which i really really well not earlier but um i was just recapping earlier was mm -hmm. about self-doubt and it actually is not always a bad thing it's it's the fact you're you're challenging yourself you're doing something different uh that was another thing that really resonated mm -hmm. with me so is that something you find the work you do with people that people usually see self that as a bad thing yeah um, that, I, I think i think for sure i think people see doubt and we go gosh there's a red flag mm. i'm either not ready or something's wrong here and one of my favorite things and one of the favorite ways i like to talk back to my brain and teach my clients to talk back to their brain is hey nothing's gone wrong here. Nothing's gone wrong here. There's nothing wrong. This is the human brain doing what human brains do, which is question. All I'm doing is questioning myself. And I, in a conversation, like if for instance, like uh, you were like, Trish, you like Starbucks? Of course I love Starbucks. I'm not good. When you question me, are you sure you like Starbucks? I'm going to say, yeah, Johnny, I like, I like Starbucks. Costa. It's Ah, Costa. <laughs> I actually went to, I have a McDonald's coffee today because my husband was okay. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I'm like, okay. So you asked me a question, I'm going to answer and I can defend against it in a very lovely way. Be like, bro, no, Starbucks is so much better than Costa. 
And the same way when your brain is going, are you sure you can do it? What if you, you have the power in our thoughts? Like we have such, we have so much power in our thoughts to be able to go, yeah, brain, I think I've got it. Like it's just an invitation, self-doubt is an invitation to a conversation, to self-coach yourself and be a friend to yourself and be like, you know what? As long as I have a majority share of confidence here, and I'm talking like, if I'm 51% sure I can do it and 49%, I don't know, we're already in the winning column. You have enough to move forward. I think I used to wait for like, I gotta be 100% sure to not have self-doubt. And that's just not possible. It's just not human. And so go trust yourself and go self-doubt is not a flag not to move forward. Or, and it's also not a problem or an indication that you're not confident. It's an opportunity to practice turning down that dial. That voice of self-doubt is never going to go away. What we, what we learn to do as we manage our brain is one of two ways. We either turn down the volume of self-doubt and turn up the volume of confidence, or, and those are just the voices in your head. Or some people prefer the take the self-doubt and file it further back so it's not as pressing, right? Like I can... I can have my, I have two young children. They, they came out cartoons and I can very much be listening to a podcast and kind of hear a cartoon, but it's not distracting me. It's not preventing me from doing what I want to do. So I think it's sometimes helpful to go, oh, like how, and that's up to each individual. How do I learn to turn that down, turn this one up? And that's where the kind of the, it's an it's adventure. You get to kind of explore what works for you and what doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Really like, like that. And you, you kind of saying that, you know, or I guess what you're saying, uh, anyone can have self-doubt or kind of another term that comes along a lot is the imposter syndrome when yeah. people are like trying something new or progressing in what they're already doing. Uh, whether, for example, if you're starting out as a coach, I mean, I remember starting, it's like this voice, it's like, who are you to be a coach? Then you start, you know, obviously charging your services after you do free. And it's like, who are you to be charging people, even though you've got all these qualifications, recommendations? Um and it's certainly something the people, various careers or businesses I've worked with experience as well. So, yeah, um, have, have you found like people from all sorts of different backgrounds can experience imposter syndrome as well? Absolutely. As I think self-doubt in relation to imposter syndrome, I actually believe it's part of human achievement. I believe the brain is, go, is naturally wired to go, are you sure? Maybe we don't belong because we so desperately want to belong and connect. And, the, and so I think it's interesting to go, um, self-doubt just means I care. It's not a problem. It means I really care. Um, and I get to make the decision if I belong or not. And so when you learn how to give yourself your own internal affirmation versus seeking the affirmation of others, you're like, mm. oh, I can move forward. But we have to realize when you're dealing with imposter syndrome, it's from a place of lack. It's I don't know enough they're going to find out I'm a fraud. They're going to great. It's all about what people are thinking about you. So it's this desperate caring of what people think. And ultimately um, it's, it's a loop that you can't get out of because we can't control what people think. We can only control what we think. So if you think you're good, you will be good. If you think you don't belong and that's the thought you keep perpetuating, you're going to, you're going to deal with a lot of anxiety. Right. And so um, imposter syndrome is a way as I look at it as an invitation an opportunity to have your own back and show yourself that that's just noise. It's just white noise we can turn down and that you belong. You keep saying, how do I prove to myself I belong? And sometimes it might be rising up to higher standards in your own habits or being more disciplined and proving to yourself like I've got this, right? And, and, and also taking off the pressure of perfectionism. I'm not supposed to know it all. 
In fact, that's a fixed mindset. I want a growth mindset. Cool. I don't know what to do here. Awesome. Great opportunity to learn, right? If it's like, if I'm obsessed with learning, then I will always belong. You can't be an imposter unless you're pretending to know it all. When you accept that you're not supposed to know it all, then you'll, then you a lot of that imposter syndrome um, pressure will shed. Yeah. No, I love that. And it's, you know, when you're coming at it, like you're saying from a place of being authentic and real and not, you know, there are, you could pretend you, I mean, there are, you know, probably rarer cases when people might lie about what they've done and things like that. And, but as long as you're coming, coming at a place from a genuine, this is what I'm done. This is what I'm trying to do. This is my mission. Uh, Whatever career or business you're trying to build, um, the, you know, that voice is always going to pop up the more you progress because that brain trying to keep you safe and in your comfort zone a little bit and not move forward. And it's something new, but it, it can be seen as a positive. So I really like what you're saying. I also mm-hmm. like what you said about the question you ask yourself. And for me, the quality of your questions and training yourself to ask good quality questions, as well as obviously that's what a coach does, but asking yourself good quality questions mm-hmm. makes a big difference uh, because oh, what's going to go wrong today is a completely different question from what's going to be awesome today. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you said that. I was like, oh, I already feel that heaviness, <laughs> that anxiety, right? The quality, of your life, <laughs> the quality of your life is a reflection of the quality of your questions. You're exactly right. And to reframe every question as even just simply as what can I learn here? Where's the opportunity here? How can I grow in patience here? What, like, what's, what is the, how am I growing here? What, how can I be here versus, oh my gosh, I, what if I can't manage this? Like, that's an, that question, there's no upside to that kind of question. Yeah. Right? We always want to ask questions where there's an upside or growth opportunity. And I think as humans and culturally in, in society, we just don't, well, a lot of times we just have questions that kind of lead us down that first example that you gave us. Yeah, and we're not always consciously aware of some of the, the questions mm-hmm. I think I mean for me right. I went to uh one of the, the most eye-opening events I've ever been to was a Tony Robbins I'm a big Tony Robbins guy uh mm-hmm. date of destiny and it was kind of uncovering some of the unconscious questions we're asking ourselves so yeah. consciously paying attention for me's made a big impact and um sounds like it has for you as well kind of just looking at those questions as you were going through that as, as you're going through that journey of uh achiever 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 trying to achieve to get the confidence rather than okay Mm -hmm. i can be confident now what can i do to be confident now how can Mm -hmm. i live it now right and you know one of the things i like to coach people on is advanced belief so how do you set a goal and believe it and feel the benefit get to feel that success before you even have it. So you can talk about that in the sense of like, I have a certain business income goal and I've already done, I've been doing the last year, the thought work, I would call it the belief work. I have a belief ladder. I build people up where I already know. And that's just for the context, the, the, the goal income goal is three times what I currently make, but I'm already thinking about how that Trish thinks, how that version of me, mm, how, when I make three times it. what I make now, how does she think? How does she show up? What kind of decisions does she make? What kind of habits does she, she have? And gosh, I am so committed committed to I've created that belief in her and I see her and I already I actually already know I'm doing it. like I'm already like it's a little dangerous because I'm like I have that much money like I'm a million dollar business like but I technically don't but I know I do 
right? Like that's cool, right? Um, same concept. You can apply that to anything. You can apply it. I've worked with people on, you know, getting into law school, getting into um, scaling for like a, an accountant exam or um, any big, you can apply this to exam, experiencing the result of uh, get, becoming a doctor before you are years before or um, athletically. Like if someone has a marathon goal, I'm like, let's, what's your act? What is your coach told you is your physical capability? Now let's just become, how does that person, that version of you, how do they eat? How do they think? How do they, how, what do they do differently than you now? How do they think when they're running, when they're feeling pain, right? One of my favorite things I like to, um, is kind of bridges what we were talking about with self-doubt of self-doubt is just a feeling. And we realize that feelings don't, aren't the boss of us. We have, we are the boss of our feelings through our thoughts. You can just tell the feeling, Hey, thanks for being here and allow it to pass. Like we don't push against it. Cause sometimes that's like pushing a beach ball under the water. It's going to pop up. But if you realize the feeling is just a vibration through your body and it's going to pass, you're like, oh, okay, no big deal. It's kind of neutral. Right. And so one of my favorite phrases that um, a mentor once told me was that as long as you're willing to feel and fail, you can do anything. Mm. We, we, we kind of are okay because like, really, we don't put ourselves out there because we're like, well, what if I feel disappointed? Or what if I feel embarrassed? Or what if, and a lot, it's all about feelings. You're like, but if I know I can feel anything and be okay and manage it well, then I don't have any fear of putting myself out there or any other experience. And if I realize on the goals that matter to me that failure is not actually a thing because I'm never going to quit, therefore it's impossible for me to fail. Will I have micro failures across the, along the way? Absolutely. But what if I'm proud of failure? Because every failure has given me growth. You're like, oh, literally that, that for me opened like the heavens of like what was possible. Because I wasn't willing to do either before. A lot of before I had a lot of ego, had a lot of pride, a lot of self-protection because I was still trying to strive to be confident versus the advanced feeling of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I like what you say in advance of being the person you can be right now as well. That's quite an empowering, you know, feeling to have that. Right. You don't need to wait to hit that those targets, be confident. You can just live as that person does now. Obviously, right. you know, not, not necessarily you buy like a jet and everything like that. Right. But I'm like, not buying a jet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like obviously thinking and doing and looking after your body and your mind in the same way that they would. Uh, that's a really powerful way. I love, I love the way you said that. Just kind of one, one kind of like final area really to cover how much of an impact or how important would you say it is to have good quality people around you for your confidence? I think it's so key. I really believe so you, and I know you've heard this, but if you're around five fit people mm. and you're unfit, you'll be the sixth fit person. If you spend your time around five millionaires and you're not a millionaire, you will be the sixth millionaire. You will become who you spend time with. And so it's a really interesting uh, challenge because I think I think about the people closest to me that before I started really going deep and committing to this type of work had a lot of very fun very very funny but also very cynical very passive very reaction based friends who just kind of went oh, this life like a little bit of dismissal like to any ownership in life and I love those people still they're still in my life mm. they're not who I am intentionally getting in the room with Right. We want, I want to be around people so that the, the effort and the work I'm doing is normalized because we are, we're going to feel sorry for ourselves. Sometimes when you do these habits and you kind of rise to the next level, your standard, your standard changes. And so to keep your standard where you don't feel so isolated, you've got to be around people who have high standards too. And then 
as the tide rises, all, all, all ships rise. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, love that. Getting people that can help you raise your standards, certainly, you know, a good one and get you and help you get back up. Sometimes give you that tough love you need, but yeah. ultimately you're, you've got similar visions. Yeah. You know, it's a really, really important point to look at. So yeah, Trish, it's, um, it's been great chatting to you, but kind of just before yeah. you, before you sort of leave us and, um, and leave us with all this great value, are there any kind of like a final point you'd like to add and um, where can people find you? Yeah, I think the final point is that the, that you're truly just reiterating that your thoughts create your results mm. and the effort you put into your thoughts, the effort you do into your thought work is never wasted. When you choose to work out and listen to this podcast versus listen to music, that effort's not wasted. When you choose to read a book at night instead of watching the next thing on Netflix, that is not wasted. When you choose to prioritize journaling, like, like sometimes it's such micro commitments and micro decisions, that cumulative effect has such a long-term effect. And I think sometimes when we do all that work, we're like, oh, and then I went back to my old habits. No, no. Sometimes we go back and we go, oh, right. I don't like life like this. Not so good. So it's not, there's nothing wrong here. We go, oh, what a rem great reminder that all these habits I'm doing make my life better. So that effort, sometimes I think we don't go all in on effort, on coaching, on that. Cause we're like, what if it's not worth it? It's always worth it. I think that's important to remember. It's always worth it. Um, and then as far as connecting with me, please, I'd love anybody to come hang out with me on the confidence podcast. Um, I also have a YouTube channel. So you look for my name there. Um, I have a free course on how to have more confidence. It is my name, trishblackwell.com forward slash free class. And then of course my new book is, um, we are releasing next week and you can get in. yeah, it's super exciting. And it is a book on how to really believe in your self-worth, how to believe you're loved and that you matter. And then you can get info on that at trishblackwell.com forward slash book. Brilliant. Uh, so many great resources, um, and value you've given today, Trish. So thanks so oh, much. Thank and you. And what we'll do is we'll uh, link that in the description of this episode on both the YouTube video and the podcast. So uh, people can people can easily access all the uh, the places where you'll be hanging out. So okay. thanks so much, Trish. All right. Hey, Johnny, thank today. you. Thanks, y'all. And I'll speak to you in the next episode.